Hey everybody, Chris here. Just a quick note before we get started. It's a challenging time for everybody. And if you're stuck at home, motivated to work out, but don't exactly know where to start, we've got a good free option for you. Now keep in mind, you don't have to be motivated to work out. If you just want to Netflix and chill, by all means, do that. It might be exactly what you need right now. But if you are looking for workouts, you can go to powercompanyclimbing.com. Look right there on the front page. There's going to be a blog post that you can join our free home corn training group. No credit card info, no purchases necessary. It'll run through our app, and it's a suite of workouts with varying different types of equipment that you may or may not have. There's going to be a workout in there that suits your situation. So use that free resource. Use your money, if possible, to support local businesses. Keep your gym memberships open so that those gyms are still around when this thing is over. And we'll see you on the other side. Stay safe out there. Maybe don't know. Maybe don't. This time, this time, this time, this What's up, everybody? I am your host, Chris Hampton. And this is Nate Drolet. And together we form The Locks. You know who The Locks are? Mm, I do not. I bet you can guess part of who they are. Uh, A Tribe Called Quest? (laughs) Close. They are a New York hip-hop group. But they're actually a trio, so it doesn't really work. Uh, But it's Jadakus... Sheik Looch, and the reason I chose them today is because the third member's name is Styles P. Some good names. Yeah. And Styles will come into play later on in this conversation. Yes. We are in Houston at your house where your sister's trying to hook you up with a new hairdo. Mm-hmm. I'm liking what she's what she's got going on, though. Uh-huh. Are you yeah, going to do it? That's not, probably not. Come on, man. We'll see. Kaniki. Kaniki. You make a good Kaniki. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm on her side, so. Uh, but we're here for um, a workshop at Momentum tomorrow, mm-hmm. working with a bunch of the coaches from Momentum, and uh, excited about that. I think yeah. it's gonna be fun. Yeah, I think it'll be a really good time. I like working with big groups of coaches, so I think it's fun to pass on knowledge and techniques and ideas that those coaches get to carry on to a bunch of other people, you know? Yeah. And we also get to hear what they do, which is kind of cool. Yeah. That's, you know, one of my favorite parts as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you just want to jump into this thing because we got a few to do tonight and yeah. more beers to drink. Did you take those beers out of the freezer, by the way? I did. Okay. Yeah. We're good. <laughs> I heard your alarm go off. So yeah. Just wanted to make sure. I want exploding beers in your parents' freezer. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Uh, what are we talking about tonight? Um... This is a topic that I've been wanting to talk on for a little while now, but and one that's uh, I can pretty much relate to all of these. Um, but it's when bouldering no longer improves your sport climbing. Yeah, and that's an interesting thing because you know I had this realization years and years ago when I 
when I decided, okay, I'm going to boulder. I'm going to increase my power. I'll be a better sport climber for it. And then I just went to the gym and did the longest boulder problems possible, mm-hmm. you know? So I was just, I was making up like 35 move boulders and completely missed the the point yeah. of bouldering, you know? So, so this one definitely hits home in a lot of ways. Um, and it made me sort of question what I'm doing right now in really focusing on bouldering, but bouldering is my goal right now my goal is not to become a better sport climber so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and that's like kind of to remind myself of that yeah yeah keep the goal a goal um and that's where where this really comes into play is if your goal is sport climbing at what point is bouldering not going to help you or are there things that you're doing with bouldering that's gonna not help your sport climbing yeah um because for most people, if they want to get better at sport climbing, um, it's kind of just thrown around advice of, hey, you need a boulder. And I mean, I, I agree. Like, I'm one of those people who thinks, you know, you shouldn't just be sport climbing only. You shouldn't only be doing endurance work. Like, you need to be powerful if you want to sport climb well. Yep. Um, but the blanket statement of go bouldering, um, even if you are bouldering well, um, uh, it just doesn't quite work. Yeah. It's just not specific enough. Yeah. You know, so, so we're going to dig into those things and see if any of you listening fall into any of these categories. Uh, first when you're, I mean, I think this one sort of should go without saying, but you would think, yeah, but, and you would think, but lots of people still fall into this trap. Um, and it's when you're already a disproportionately better boulder than you are a sport climber. Mm-hmm. And physically, if you already have the tools to boulder hard and your sport grades aren't reflecting that, then bouldering even harder probably isn't going to help you anymore. Yeah. You know, there are probably other physical traits that you're lacking that you're just not paying attention to. Totally. Um, and you know, like, so this is what's something that's actually pretty common. I run into people all the time who will say, oh, I really want to climb 13 a and V 10 this year. <laughs> right. Right. And it's, it's a very, very common pairing of goals. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're trying to climb V 10 and 13 a at the same time, um, one of those should really just kind of fall over for you. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, that's just a very common pairing. And the thing is, if you do climb V10, if you, go, let's say you go from climbing solid V9 to climbing V10, 513 probably will be a little easier. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you're really, like, you're working hard for minimal gains at that point. Exactly. If your end goal is sport climbing. Yeah, you might be getting another 1%, 2% closer to your sport climbing goals by raising your V grade. Um, and it's going to be a lot more than 1% or 2% worth of work yeah. that you're putting in to get those extra higher V grades, you mm-hmm. know, and you could see much bigger gains by focusing in on the things in sport climbing that you're not so good at, you know, but it is, I mean, it's preached out there that strength and power are king. 
you know, if, you and, know? and I and I agree for the most part. But if those are already your strengths, then and you're still not reaching your sport climbing goals, then you're missing something else. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, you know, uh, a piece of imagery I really like that is commonly used is um, strength is the glass and, mm-hmm. you know, endurance, power endurance and all that is the water that fills it up inside. And yep. so the bigger you can make that glass, the more potential you have. Um, yeah. but, but if you're working with just a giant empty glass, then yeah, you got issues. And that's what we see a lot of times. Like, yep. you know, I can't tell you how many people I've met who climb 512 and yeah, V9, V10. Mm-hmm. It's like who want to climb hard on ropes. Right. Um, and yeah, so that's uh that's number one yeah and i think you know the that leads us right into this next one as sort of the next step for those people who've realized okay i'm i'm better at bouldering than my sport grade shows what is it that i'm missing you know one of the common things that they're missing is just experience and sort of the mental side of Sport climbing, climbing on a rope, trying hard above a bolt, getting pumped above a bolt. You know, those are totally new experiences. Oh, yeah. Even if you're climbing V10, you know, it's a new experience falling onto a rope. And I've met a lot of boulders who are totally fine taking high ball falls, but they get four feet above a bolt and they're petrified. Oh, yeah. You know, I've been there. Totally. And, you know, I think that's just something you have to work on. You have to put the time into. And if you don't have that experience, that's going to hold you back. Yeah. Um, and where I think this differentiates from number one, number one is more, we're looking strictly from a physical adaptation standpoint of like, right. you have the strength, you just don't have endurance, power endurance, things like that. Right. And this is more from experience <clears throat> and the things that come with it. Um, and one place where this really hit home for me was a few years ago it was whenever we were recording the uh common sense versus common mm-hmm. practice at brendan leonard's house yeah yeah brendan leonard's house um shout out simirad yeah simirad.com um, illustrating but, my new book yes. coming out or illustrated he's done Boom. we're almost done you got a book illustrated yeah oh <laughs> um, that's pretty rad simirad uh, but yeah, so we were there and one of the things we were talking about was pyramids. Mm-hmm. And I noticed something very funny about my own pyramid at that point. And cause I had kind of been talking with you and I was like, I don't get it, man. Like I can really focus on sport climbing for a while, but no matter what, I just always feel like a better boulder. And I looked at my pyramid and at that point I had climbed more double digit boulders than five thirteens, mm-hmm. which for someone who had I had sport climbed a disproportionately larger amount of time than I had bouldered. Like, I mean, that's a clear red flag when it comes to experience. Right. Like it's, it's not like, Oh, there's some mysterious thing happening with my sport climbing. It's like, no, I'm just, I'm not punching the clock. Yeah. And that's a cool way to, to view it, you know, to see it. So if you're on a day or any of those sites or you keep your own journals, you know, take a look at that stuff and see what your, V10s versus 513s looks like and you know that might give you some sort of insight into it you know I also think you know beyond the like fear component mental component um, 
and this one sort of bridges the gap between our first physical and this one, which is more mental, more experience, is just the ability to keep it together when you're really fatigued. Oh, yeah. You know, bouldering is all about giving the the best effort you can in very small bursts and then resting a lot in between. Um, and some people take that to the maximum, you know, and a lot of those people are sending really hard boulders, but they never learn how to really execute moderately difficult moves while super fatigued. And I think that's a really super important skill for them to have. And they're just aren't learning it through bouldering only, you know? Yeah. No, I completely agree. Um, You know, and this kind of fits along with uh, another common thing that's talked about, and that's that, um, you know, if you take someone who's really, really strong, like a really great boulder, and you just, you know, give them endurance, they're going to be a great sport climber. Right. Like that's thrown out. And I, uh, I often believe that, the only people I ever hear say that are typically people who have a sport climbing background and have never been strong boulders. Sure. Um, and I also say this as a triggered boulderer um, <laughs> who has been on both sides of the coin here. Yeah. Like I've been an underpowered sport climber and I've been an overpowered bolt. Like, oh, I've been a very under endurenced sport yeah. climber. <laughs> like I've been really fit on boulders and like just got my teeth kicked in on routes. And like I've been really fit for routes. And like having seen both sides, like, I think it's kind of silly to just simply say, oh yeah, if someone has just a ton of power, ton of strength, you know, give them the endurance and they're going to just smash. It's like, no, there's a lot that goes into it. Everything from tactics to the mind game to just so much when it comes to sport climbing that great climbers can do both, but simply just having that bouldering background isn't enough yeah totally and you know like you said great climbers can do that but what great climbers do is they allow themselves that little bit of transition time that they need to switch over from one to the other and they're aware that there's going to be this mental component involved there's going to be this this technical component involved that I haven't been practicing that I need to get back into and they'll put themselves in that position for a few days so that they're back there, you know, Mm -hmm. the average person avoids that place. Like, you know, like the plague, they don't want to get uncomfortable. They don't want to get scared. They don't want to fall because their technique is falling apart, you know? So they bail from it. And we see it at the beginning of every damn sports season that there is people train hard. They've got all the physical tools. They go outside and they freak out because they're getting pumped. Yeah. And all it is is an experience thing where you and I can go out and we can switch from bouldering to sport climbing in a couple of sessions and then be really comfortable on a rope. It might take somebody who doesn't have the experience that we do. It might take them, you know, five sessions to really get in the groove of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think people just skip over. They think they can skip over that and it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Um, Ooh, I actually want to give a shout out to, uh, one of the guys I work with, uh, Eric, who he doesn't have a ton of time to climb outside, but he recognized a pattern recently. Um, and we were talking on the phone not too long ago about this and 
he realized that it takes him roughly or right at 20 pitches every season to start like really feeling in the groove. Mm. Um, and it didn't matter how many <clears throat> days it was over or anything like so much as it was just 20 pitches. Yeah. Um, and pretty consistently. Um, and so what he's planning on doing this spring is he's going to, he would normally allot his time to go out and just have a, like one big long like spring trip maybe like one other weekend or in then like one fall trip. And now he's going to try and do, I think three weekend trips instead. Mm-hmm. Um, and so his goal now is first weekend, he's going to try and knock out 20 pitches. And so he's, so he's pretty much saying, I'm going to dedicate this time just to get getting back in the groove of things. Yeah. Um, I think that's super smart. Yeah. I know. I heard him say like, we kind of talked about it and he was like, I picked up this, like saw this pattern He's like, what do you think? And I was like, I think that's a really clever idea. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's fully committed to kind of biting the bullet initially to go through that learning curve, get comfortable again, and then seeing what happens. Yeah, super smart. I mean, that's that's what the best climbers do. They just they can do it over a shorter period and we don't hear about it. Yeah. You know? Um, you know, like <laughs> just one other quick example. When I went to Smith years ago, um, one thing that was really cool to me was Nina Caprez came out there mm, yep. and in her, I think it was like her first maybe three or four days, she would just climb 512 nonstop. And I mean, she was falling all over the place. Like this is a new style, like new place, lots of things. But man, she just unabashedly went after everything. And yeah, I was just like, that's really cool. Like everything from, you know, just like the classics to scarier things, but she really got that learning curve knocked out of the way fast. Yeah. Um, because she had a bigger goal in mind. Yeah. You know, and she ended up doing to bolt or not to be. And like, she climbed really well out there and this is, you know, a good technical climber. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really cool to see, you know, she had, I, when I first saw her, she was whipping off the top of a chain reaction, chain reaction. a 12 C. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's like, I'll be honest, like I was intimidated just to even try that initially. Cause it's very prominent, like in the dihedrals and if, it's only air quotes, 12 C. Yeah. It's know, only 12 C and you can't be seen falling off 12 C. Yeah. You know? But if you're climbing on chain reaction, everyone can see you cause right. it's like this big ship's prow. Um, and yeah, it's like kind of an, for a 25 foot rock climb, it's kind of an intimidating little thing. Um, and yeah, she just like, I mean, she fell multiple times on it. Yeah. Didn't bother her at all. You know, came down, blade her friend, went right back up it, sent it, moved on to the next thing. Um, yep. that's what it takes. Yeah. And so it was cool to see that, that high level mindset, which was that she was completely fine regressing, you know, down to five twelve, like two full grades below what she climbs Yep, and just moving forward from there. Yeah. And you know, I see a lot of boulders go the opposite way. They're like, okay, I climb V11 boulders. I'm going to go outside and just get right on 14A. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm not going to waste my time on these 12s. I'm going to get on 14A and just work it till I can do it. And they end up top roping it forever because they're, they get too scared when they get above a bolt. You know, yeah. does that always happen? No, of course not. But I've seen it enough to know that it's a common trend. Mm-hmm. So next up, tactics yes bouldering tactics don't always equal good sport climbing tactics in Mm -hmm. fact a lot of the times they don't 
And if you're good with bouldering tactics, you can really, I mean, shoot, you can bump up how hard you climb by like two V grades. Yeah. Like if you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, everything from like you can control conditions so much, like chasing the shade, like there's so many things that you can really manipulate. Um, but things like chasing the shade, waiting for perfect wind, like you can really perfect these tiny little moments where yeah, we're sport climbing. You can block the sun off of the holds for the two hours that the sun are hitting them. and Oh yeah, you can bring a fan you know, out with you. Yeah, all sorts of things. Um, there are just so many things with tactics. You can sit and work a singular move for four straight hours if you want. Yeah. I mean, you can do that with sport climbing. You can have somebody point at the spot on the hold you're going to so that you can hit it perfect every time Mm -hmm. you can get beta videos are a lot easier with boulders very much easier um they exist for sport climbs but not nearly as much like i mean you know we were looking at a boulder the other day in waco and between us within five minutes we had i think like five different videos of different heights and sized people um yeah and that was just like you know google and instagram and if you're on a sport route it's a little tougher to have your phone with you and be able to check it in real time. Like, mm-hmm. oh, let me see if I'm doing the sequence right. Oh no, that that foot's slightly wrong. You know, yeah, that's a it's a whole nother animal. If you want to videotape yourself on it, it's harder. It's harder to get a good angle and like really see what's happening. Um, bouldering also is a much lower time commitment, mm-hmm. so you can just, you know, if I want to go try a 130 foot sport climb that has a crux up at the top that I need to work, it's exhausting to get to the top. Yep. I need a belayer. It's going to take a lot of time. A warm-up's long. If I want to try a roadside V10, it's right there. Yep. Like, you know, I can go out in, in an hour. I can have like a super productive session. Yeah. Like I you, can I can warm up in my house and be totally done in 30 minutes. Yeah. You know? Um, so there are a lot of cool things with bouldering that you can do to make yourself climb harder, like send harder grades, which is really important. And I think Mm -hmm. everyone should be using good tactics. Absolutely. But it can kind of skew how hard you're climbing in comparison to sport climbing because you're not always going to be able to use, and there's great tactics you can use for sport climbing, you know, and that's a conversation for a different day. But a lot of these bouldering tactics just don't quite line up with sport climbing. And and don't take us wrong. We're not saying that, being a master tactician is a bad thing. No, not at all. It's a really, really good thing. You know, whenever I'm climbing around people who are master tacticians, I try to soak up as much of that as I can, you know? And and there, it's often things I never would have thought about. I wouldn't have approached it that way. I'm confused as to why this person's doing this, but then I see it work. But what it does, like you said, is skew what you think your ability might equate to on a sport climb. You know, especially if you fall into either of those number one and number two camps of mm-hmm. not having the experience or not having the endurance. Yeah. You know, then it's going to make it even, it's going to hurt your feelings even more when you go sport climbing. Mm-hmm. So I think that's. I think that's a really smart one and we should have a, we should do a board meeting on bouldering tactics, all those little secret hidden tactics like we're talking about. Yeah, totally. You know, like your sky hooks to 
hang up pads and mm-hmm. you know that's something i see pretty readily now i'm like oh sun's gonna hit this hold here's how i can position a pad to block oh, yeah. it you know mm-hmm. um and it's just from climbing with you and watching you do that it never would have occurred to me because i came from a sport climbing background where that sort of thing doesn't exist you know i can't have somebody hold up a tree to block my route yeah you know so all right take a break yep all right break What's up, everybody? Chris here. I'm not going to take up too much of your time, but I do want to let you know about my new book, The Hard Truth, Simple Ways to Become a Better Climber. It's a collection of 26 essays, no nonsense, meant to shine a light on those qualities that limit us the most as climbers, the qualities that are hard to measure, but simple to manage. Simple, that is, when they're backed with intention. The book was illustrated by my good friend, Brendan Leonard from semirad.com, who read every essay and put one of his amazing in-your-face charts along with each one. The Hard Truth will be widely available on May 14th, 514. No, that's not a coincidence. However, you can get your copy two to four weeks early by going to powercompanyclimbing.com, click on the shop tab, The Hard Truth, check out all the pre-order bonus items that we have, and get your order in. Until then, thanks for your support, and back to the show. And we have returned. New beers, chilled glasses, and all. Boom. Houston living. Houston living. Man, it was... I walked outside at the airport today. (laughs) I have to talk about this. I sat down in the passenger pickup, Houston, Texas, mind you, and there's hot air blowing on me out of a heater at the passenger pickup. And at first I was like, oh, this is really nice. And then I'm like, it's fucking Houston. It was 66 degrees today. Yeah, it's 66 degrees today. And people are like, oh, it's a cold snap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that was a good one, too. Like, we don't have heat in Wyoming at our pickup spots. Dang. You guys are spoiled here. Oh, yeah. Heat at your passenger pickup and chilled glasses for your beer. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Yeah. All right. Moving on to the next one. The next uh, time when bouldering harder doesn't necessarily equate to harder sport climbing is when you're just a super projector, mm-hmm. like a, a boulder who built a tower and don't have a big base underneath it to support it. Yeah. You know, that that can really trick you into thinking that you're, you're a much better climber than you are. Yep. In comparison to sport climbing. Or just um, period. Just period. Um, <laughs> so this was actually... This was the point that, um, and the the next one, point number five definitely comes in, but this was the specific one that made me think of this topic because having, you know, I like to think I'm a fairly experienced boulder. That's what I've done for most of my 16 years of climbing. Um, and whenever I'd go out with sport climbers, I always laughed for a long time because it seems so strange to me. I'd climb with these people and they'd be like, oh, you know, I'd, they, if we'd be climbing, I'd be like, well, what are you looking for? And they'd be like, oh, you know, like I can climb V8, but maybe on a good day I can climb V9. Well, we go out and they can climb like four new V8s. Right. And on a good day, they climb a V9 that day. Right. And I'm like, no, you climb like V11. You just yeah. don't know how. But realistically. I was that boulder, by the way. 
totally. <laughs> but the thing is, like, my question is, what's more valuable as a sport climber <clears throat> to measure yourself by? Is it I spent 15 days under this one boulder right. and I climbed this, or I can climb this in 15 minutes. I can climb this grade in a session. I can climb, you know, five of this grade in a day. Um, to me, that second one, like those larger volume groupings are much more relevant to sport climbing yeah. than just kind of slamming your head against one boulder. Yep. Yeah, I agree. And there, you know, there are some really valuable parts of mega projecting boulders. You know, you mm -hmm. learn some really valuable skills about being aware of the subtleties of moves and what needs to be changed to make things work. And, you know, that can help you on that crux that's 130 feet off the ground. Yeah. Um, you can get through it faster that way. And having belief in things <clears throat> yeah, is huge. You totally. Know, having moves go from impossible to possible, you know, in a few days, that's a really cool experience. Totally. But not only the, like the physical fitness, but also the belief that you can do that many difficult or moderately difficult moves in a row, in a day, in a session, you know, when you have that that ability to be able to climb four V8s and a, v, and a V9 in a session, that's going to help you a lot more on 13A than being able to climb one V10 in one place in one specific style. You had to take 15-minute rests between right. that three-move boulder. Yep. Yeah. You know, that work capacity, just from a physical standpoint, that's incredibly valuable. Yeah, massive. Um, and by having that more broad pyramid... Um, and this kind of takes us into our next one. It's going to diversify the styles that you climb on. Yeah. The styles P, so to speak. Styles P. The locks. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, that's our that's our big one. And we could talk on this one for a while, I think. that there, We could talk on just one for a while. There, <laughs> <laughs> there are several styles of bouldering that you can go really deep down the rabbit hole in. Mm -hmm. and And that's totally fine. You know, yeah. if, if that's what you're psyched on, then that's what you should do. Like, mm -hmm. I know that my best chance at climbing harder boulders is compression. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm focused on. I'm also trying to get better at super in-cut crimps, but my hardest boulders are going to be compression. Yeah. You know? Your hardest sport climbs <clears throat> aren't going to be compression. I've climbed very few hard compression sport climbs. There aren't many in the world. <laughs> exactly. Um most of my sport climbing is on pockets these days. So. Yeah. so you can go really deep down the rabbit hole of these styles and have it not really help your sport climbing that much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, and this is kind of calling out all the people who like big boy climbing, as I like to refer to it. So this is big moves, compression, heel hooks, um, like that style, which, man, it's so <clears throat> much fun. Yeah. Like, the way a lot of us get trapped into this is like you tweak a finger and you're like, oh, well, I can still grab slopers and pinches. Mm -hmm. and you're like, well, my, my legs are healthy too. So I, I got trapped into it because I'm old yeah. and I don't want to hurt my fingers. Yeah. And it's so much fun. <laughs> you're like, oh, I can just squeeze with my legs and just like go hard between holds that are comfy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to do this all day. Totally. But I see more and more people who, man, they can compress and heel hook up to like V11 and they cannot face crimp like V8. Yeah. Like they just get stopped cold. Yeah. Um, which 
man, if your end goal is to just climb hard compression, cool. Like that's fine. But if you want to sport climb, man, you're just, you're not going to be able to heel hook and compress your way through many rock climbs. Yep. Totally. Um, You know, they exist and these are useful skills. They're not, they're not worthless by any means. Like Mm -hmm. I think sport climbers should still be powerful, able to do hard heel, hard compression, you know, big one and two move boulders that have jumps on them, power moves, like they're valuable. But if your entire upper end of your pyramid is that, are those styles then, and you want to be a sport climber that climbs well, like maybe you need to kind of cross out those for what you view as your pyramid that's applicable to sport climbing. Yep. Yeah. Especially if it's more morpho, you know, yeah. if you're only doing, if your top level boulders are boulders you've only done because you can reach the holds and you're not honest about what those grades feel like to you, then you're going to be sorely disappointed when you go get on most sport climbs. You know, if you happen to pick, or if you're smart and you pick the ones that are morpho, then then it might transfer. Mm-hmm. But for the majority of sport climbing, it's gonna it's gonna hurt your feelings a little bit. Yeah. So um, you can. Like with boulders, if you're, you know, if you're a big guy, if you're like six, four, six, five, like you can really reach through some cruxes. Yeah. Um, and you have the opportunity to be honest about it to yourself. Yeah. You know, um, like our friend Johnny Lightning has his lightning, you know, his bolt scale. Yeah. And he's like, you know, that might be a V11 dyno for you, but for me, it's a, you know, five lightning bolts. Yeah. Because I can reach it. Yeah. You know? Um, it's also not to say that you shouldn't, man, if I'm tall, like, Oh yeah, I'm going to take the grade every time I get the chance to. Yeah. And I'm going to skip every hold. Like, you know, I've, I trained someone who's six foot five and we talked about this and I was like, Hey man, like you don't have to climb like me. Like I'm not going to put on a 40 pound weight vest to climb like you. So you sure shit shouldn't be not skipping holds to try and climb like I do. Right. Like if I was you, I would be using every <clears throat> inch that I can. Right. No one's telling Daniel Woods or Paige Clawson to not use their full wingspan. Yeah. You know? Um, but yeah, so, you know, use everything you have. But if your end goal is sport climbing or who knows, like big wall, trad, whatever, anything like that, try and take into account am I really leveraging these things that can only help me on boulders? Mm-hmm. There is that dyno on the Dom wall, though. Boom. You're ready. Giants, get there. Get out there and do it. Um, you know, I, the, another one we didn't really talk about beforehand, um, but popped up in the beginning of this are enduro boulders. Oh, yeah. You know, if I think that's a... If you're already good at sport climbing and you go bouldering to make your sport climbing better and all you ever do are enduro boulders, it's not really helping you. Mm -hmm. You know, you might as well be going sport climbing more. Yeah. You know, I think there can be a time for it. Like if it's, uh, if you're in a shoulder season, if you're transitioning between bouldering and sport climbing or you don't have sport climbing partners, yeah, I think it's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, you know, maybe don't hang your hat on it. Yeah, if if you went out there to gain power, make sure that you're, going out there doing powerful things. Yeah. You know, if you're trying to go bouldering to gain power and you're doing 40 move boulders that have multiple no hands knee bars on them. (laughs) uh, Speaking of knee bars. Yeah. Knee bars are a big one. So here we, yeah. You know, unless you're, 
unless you're a rifle climber, then the art of knee barring is not really going to help you that much on a lot of sport climbs. Um, some it will. Some mm-hmm. it's going to be advantageous, but a lot of tufa climbing. Um, yeah. like out in Spain, like there's a lot of areas where you can really knee bar through. Totally. Um, but there are there are lots of boulders these days, um, especially in you know Waco. The last season I was there, there was sort of this little. I don't even know what to call it. This weird trend of, hey, you should go check this V12 out because there's these knee bars on it now, so it's way easier. And I'm mm-hmm. like, listen to what you're saying. Like you're saying, there's this V12 that's not V12 anymore. That's what you're saying. Yeah. You know, and people are still doing those boulders, calling them V12, which. I'm a I'm a fan of taking the guidebook grade, mm-hmm. you know. There are some of these that even I can't stoop that low. But the worst thing is that you're convincing yourself that you're this level of boulder mm-hmm. when you're not. You know, if it's say the grade was V10 and since there have been three knee bars found on it, and now it's actually more like V7, you didn't just become a V10 boulder. You know, you're still bouldering V7. And I think that's just important to keep in mind. And it's a really easy way to fool yourself into thinking that your bouldering grade has grown. Yeah. But it's not going to transfer over to your sport climbing grades. Totally. You know, in, in sport climbing, or um, I think it's worth mentioning that knee barring is a skill totally is a skill um, there's some fucking hard knee bars out there yeah uh dan mersky and me so dan uh guest to the podcast mm-hmm. um nice episode about what was he talking was it golden uh yep yeah golden or golden direct okay or the two of them yes he had tried so, golden and got frustrated so tried the direct decided to go for a harder mm-hmm. one yeah yeah um so knee bar connoisseur mm-hmm. unquestionably he's a master um, and I like to think I'm pretty decent at knee bars. Uh, and we were talking, this was two summers ago, we were in rifle and we were talking about how it's an unappreciated skill because people kind of think it's like pulling a trigger. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I put my toe there, my knee here. <laughs> yeah. It's a knee bar. It and just if, slots in and it's there. Yeah. And for them, if it doesn't feel good, they're like, oh, I don't fit. Mm-hmm. But realistically, a lot of shins aren't that far apart. Like when it comes to length and like, right. there's a lot of like flexion in your foot. Um, so you really have a lot of leeway for most people, but what a lot of people don't realize is a knee bar, what the rest of your body is doing is a thousand times more important than what your toe and knee are doing. Right. Like where you place that knee and toe. Sure. It kind of matters what you do with all the rest of your body and your Mm -hmm. other foot, both hands significantly more important. Yeah. It's it. That's a totally real thing. A, A knee bar is an active technique it's not some passive thing you yeah. know i see people use heel hooks passively mm-hmm. and knee bars passively and both should be used actively yes. you know if you if you want to be good at them yeah um, you know and, and i am by no means a really good knee bar you know i i think i'm okay at it i'm proficient mm-hmm. um, but by no means am i good at it no um. But yeah, so these are necessary skills worth developing. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, especially mm-hmm. for sport climbing, like I try and tell everyone who's, especially boulders, learn how to hand jam, learn how to knee bar. 
Yep. If you can do those two things, you can kind of cheat your way through a lot of rock climbs. Yeah. Like you can, I mean, both are more or less a no hands rest. Um, and well, hand jam isn't actually a no hands rest, but it practically is because it's using your hand. It's not real rock climbing. Oh, <laughs> 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 um, we can agree on that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like both are huge. They can break up rock climbs. Very useful. Um, but knee barring and boulders, what it often does, you know, it, it changes beta typically from what the initial grade was. And so, you know, I don't care what you call it, call it V12, call it V15, doesn't matter. But if your goal is to get better at sport climbing, if you're already very proficient at knee barring, you know, yeah. maybe look to other things. Yeah. Like don't hang your hat on, you know, your top 10 hardest rock climbs, all being things you knee barred through. Yeah. And if you come to Wyoming and you knee bar on a sport route, BJ Tilden will shoot an arrow through your heart. Yeah. That's, that's factual. He trains daily for this. I've seen it. <laughs> and he's very good. He's probably better at that than he is at rock climbing. So I can believe it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And the last one, um, we didn't completely cover, but, uh, roof climbing. Yep. Um, and once again, roof climbing is great. It's Super fun. I fucking, fun. I fucking love it. I love it. Man, uh, I spent a few days at... Uh, In fact, I'm like double rabbit holing it with roof compression boulders. God, it's the great... That's what I need. And that's the thing. Like, I love the all of these things, really. Like, I love boulder tactics. Like, I love being a better boulderer than I am a sport climber. Bouldering's so great. It's so fun. Absolutely. Um, And I love all of these styles that we're mentioning. Um. Like, I like knee bars, I like compression, heel hook, big moves. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, I could retire from every other form of climbing for this. Oh, yeah, I pretty much have. It sounds great. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> roof climbing is another example of something that a lot of the skills you use there just don't have a ton of carryover to sport climbing. Yep. I mean, they exist. Roof sport climbs, pretty yeah, awesome. I mean, if you go into the obed, it's cool. Yeah. Um, and I mean, like, you know, climbing in pre-straw. I learned so much about like toe camming and things like that. I I can use that on almost all angles. Right. Total value, a lot of carryover. But, you know, if all you do is roof climb and then you try and go, I don't know, almost anywhere sport climbing, it might not have the greatest carryover. Yeah, totally. Um, You know, I think that one's not nearly as big as like heel hook compression, knee bar, things like that. But eh, worth mentioning. Just Just to clarify, since I know some people will call foul on it um why heel hooks um because lots of people just heel hook their way up roots totally uh, mostly with heel hooks there's a lot of boulders that you can i mean you pretty much do the entire boulder off of heels mm-hmm. um and some people have really fucking strong legs like, and if you're get... really good at like sorry to interrupt oh no this please. just like kind of caught me in my like hatred place <laughs> I hear so many people talk about heel hooks as if all heel hooks are created equal. Oh man. And I've seen some really good heel hook technicians. Yes. And I'm here to tell you all heel hooks are not created equal. There are Alex Puccio's out there who can heel hook on anything, you know, and then there are other climbers out there who shall remain nameless who just flop their heel onto jugs. There are great climbers who struggle struggle with heel hooks. Totally. Um, But a lot of flexibility and leg strength combined 
man, there are people who just destroy rock climbs with heels. Like mm-hmm. the second they find a heel, they're like, cool, it's done. And they're right. <clears throat> it is. Yeah. Um, but with sport climbing, it's less common that you're going to find these big heels that you can completely do everything off of. Right. Um, We've you, all seen the famous photo of Lynn with oh, yeah, when the legends heel up die. by her hands. And, and people, you know, that's not a useful position for me. No. no. <laughs> you know, that's a, I'm going to the hospital position. And it's not a useful position for most people. But a lot of those heel hook masters, that position means, oh, I'm, I'm putting my heel here. And then I'm making the next five hand movements off of this one giant jug foot. Yeah. So, um, which, you know, great skill. And the reason I, to finish up with that, like the reason why I added heel hooks is exactly what you just said. I place this heel and I paddle five moves with boulders. Sometimes that's the whole boulder. Mm -hmm. Like, so if someone's really strong with their legs and flexible, they can do an entire boulder off a single heel hook or a heel toe cam, yep. paddle the whole way out, hold a swing, they're done. Um, and yeah, and once again, nothing wrong with that. Like get strong legs, like get flexible. Yeah, do it. Like those are awesome things. Um, but you know, just be aware if everything you do is I heel hooked my way through this or all my top end boulders are big compression moves. Yeah, anything and, really specific. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's really what we're trying to say is be better rock climbers. Yeah. Be all arounders. Be Tommy Caldwell's. Yeah, I don't know about crack climbing. <laughs> hand jam. Just basic hand jams. <clears throat> Sean, I'm talking to you right now. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Super important to, to have all the skills, not just build yourself a stylistically slim tower. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a, that's a sure way to, really frustrate yourself yeah unless you want to you know if you just want a boulder like we had some we had a guy come to empowered and <clears throat> i went through his instagram and i was like yo uh you really like those big moves huh he was like i fucking love them <laughs> like, i love jumping and i was like i see that and you're you were built for jumping he's like it's great and you know what like hey, he's one of the happiest most psyched people i've ever I mean, met do it yeah i'm like <clears throat> i'm like yeah like i wish i had this much motivation for like any sort of climbing. Yeah. Um, I so wish I wasn't in constant, like, I need to be better at this and this and this and this and this. I'm just going to be satisfied with being good at this one thing. <laughs> I wish I could be more like that. Yeah. Oh, he's taking it to greatness. I think he's going to keep going. But yeah, it's, no, I think it's cool. Like, so if you, if all you want to do is go out and climb, like, heel hooks or knee bars or, I don't know, monos, big wide shoulder moves yeah whatever doesn't matter whatever it is if you, all you want to do is slabs climb, no please don't slabs. turn off your podcast now <laughs> um if all you want to do is crimps on a 45 <clears throat> you yeah. just want to moonboard for the rest of your life word do like, it have fun man like that's totally cool lee kujis lee kujis <laughs> shout out ravioli biceps <laughs> yeah so I mean, if you wanna if you wanna watch an Instagram where I'm always just constantly trying to get better at something else, so I'm never really getting better at anything, then uh, you can follow us at Power Company Climbing on the Instagrams and the Facebooks. You can find us on PowerCompanyClimbing.com. Though I don't think either of us have been on sale as coaches on the website in like two and a half years or something. Uh, I've got a wait list. 
there. Yeah. And if you sign up for it, I've actually been pulling people off the wait list. Yeah. So, so go sign up for Nate's wait list. Yeah. It'll show as sold out, but just get on the list. We'll get, we'll get to you. Yeah. Lana will. I'm trying. Lana will yell at you and tell you now's the time. And if you don't take the opportunity, then you miss out. I thought you were going to say she was yelling at me. She just yelled at me today. Well, she yells at us all the time. That's that's normal. And uh, you can search for us on that Twitter machine all day if you want to. We're not going to be there. We're not going to be building towers. We're not going to be building pyramids on the Twitters because we don't tweet. We scream like eagles. Yeah.